Maribel, have you ever been embarrassed about the music you like? Uh, yeah, especially growing up in the United States as an immigrant, I could never listen to my music en español, like Manan, Shakira, which I loved. I never felt like I could listen to that with my friends from school. And then with my friends, I discovered hip hop and I would never listen to hip hop around my parents because I was embarrassed. I didn't think they would get it. And they would probably be, I don't know, a little freaked out by some of the wording. <laughs> So, yeah, I always felt like I was boxed in to what I could listen to in certain scenarios. I know what you mean. It's kind of like some genres or music were not made for you, right? Yeah. Even like country sometimes I feel like I'm not allowed to say that I like. But I actually do really enjoy some country music. It's like we're in between two worlds as we often are. As Latinos, right? It's like sometimes we really love our music and have people we can't share it with and our friends can't relate. But then sometimes it's our parents that can't relate. And we talk about this a lot on the Pulso team. We have a staffer who is really into EDM, for example, and his parents didn't get it. It's kind of like as Latinos, we're boxed in. But obviously, we don't have to only like salsa and reggaeton. And this is exactly what today's story is about. Producer Jessica Valderrama also shares our experience. As a Latina who loved punk music, she always had a hard time finding her place until she discovered a whole underground Latino punk scene hiding in New York City. And she takes us on a journey to the heart of it. You're listening to the Pulsa Podcast. We'll be right back. This past spring, I went to a punk rock show in Bushwick, Brooklyn at the Market Hotel. It took place on the second floor of an old brick building. A little disco ball hung at the center of the ceiling in the small room. The stage lights focused on a modest wooden floored stage in front of windows that overlooked the J train platform. It smelled strongly of sweat and almost everyone wore studded black leather jackets. There was a DJ booth at the front and vendor tables lined the walls. I go to shows like this a lot, but here, something felt very different, and I couldn't quite tell what. I have been going to concerts since I was 15. Nothing else compared for me. Live music meant being immersed in a pool of sounds and sensations. Time and place ceased to exist. I was one with the crowd. I still remember the first show I ever went to at South Street Seaport. The New York Dolls played outdoors in a cool spring night against the inky backdrop of the Hudson River as I, a petite 15-year-old, tiptoed to look over the heads of crowd-goers. As I tried not to stand awkwardly at the Market Hotel listening to the bands play, I realized why the show felt so different. This was the first time where the crowd and the bands looked like me. The room wasn't full of only white dudes dressed in black, but it was full of Latinos and Latinas my age. The bands even had Spanish names and sang in Spanish. I had stumbled into an underground Latino punk scene. So naturally, I decided to explore it. The band that made the biggest impression on me that night was Cartel. Cartel is spelled with a K, not a C. They were the loudest, fastest band at the show. (laughs) 
shows them a few weeks later at another show they played in Ridgewood at Trans Pecos. I spoke with them while the singer Lina worked at the mixed drinks booth in the backyard. They were clad in leather studs, piercings, and tattoos, and they laughed and joked around with each other like family as I asked questions. I asked why they chose the name Cartel. We are the perfect example of migrants because we're all from different places. We present ourselves as cartel because people here associate our countries with drug trafficking, from Nepal to Colombia or Mexico. So then we told ourselves, if they're going to associate us with cocaine, let them associate that with our music. And that's why we are cartel. The members are Mario, Lina, Roman, and two Nepalese musicians who declined to interview. Mario plays the guitar and immigrated from Brazil about a decade ago. Lina is a lead singer and came from Bogota, Colombia four years ago. And Roman is a drummer who came from Mexico City 15 years ago. Roman is undocumented, and that is his alias. They talked about bands that inspired them in their countries to start playing. When I asked them, why punk? Lina responded. In Colombia, we sing more about our reality there, about cops, religion, a bunch of stuff. But the reality here is different. We can talk about what happens to us day to day here. The majority of us are immigrants. We've bonded a lot. So punk helps us come together to tell our stories from different points of view. We all have immigration stories. Cartel is one of the most well-known bands in the Latino punk scene on the East Coast. Everyone else I spoke to seemed to know who they were, though this didn't seem to get to their heads at all. I asked them why they came to America. They all looked at one another, waiting for the other to respond. Finally, Lina spoke. It's to get away from something. Fortunately, the punk scene here has made it possible to accomplish the things we've done. Work. Everyone works. In cooking, construction, bars, etc. We have a supportive community, and it's been interesting to meet many people from so many places and create our own family. Then another member, Mario, spoke up. I work to send money to my dad and my mom. Things we couldn't do in Brazil because of money. Mario is from a favela in Brazil, where people have a monthly average income of $170, according to Rio on Watch. The small neighborhoods are often crime-ridden. The bands in the niche Latino punk scene have day jobs. They work to support themselves, and sometimes their families, too, in one of the most expensive cities in the world. Despite this, they still find time to make and play music. this Latino punk scene, there are many musicians who have been playing for over a decade. While the bands know each other, they receive little recognition outside of their own circle. Eduardo is a band member of Asquiados and La Milagrosa. He's 36 years old and started playing guitar in middle school when he was 13. He identifies as Afro-Latino and moved from Puerto Rico about seven years ago. Like the members from Cartel, Eduardo shared his experiences about how his interest in punk began in his home country. He talked about the scene in Puerto Rico. 
He also recalled the heavy Spanish influence in punk music. I mostly listened to bands from Spain. Back then, I didn't know English. I found out about punk from a cassette by a Puerto Rican band, Lo Podrido. I liked their sound, and then my curiosity grew. I realized they sang about what mattered to me. I continued searching for live punk music until I found a place that played shows on Saturdays. It was a small community. There were only four to five bands, I would say. And about 40 to 50 people is the most that you'd see at those shows. Eduardo's story sounded similar to mine. As a teenager, I had to scour the internet to find the music I liked since punk isn't something you're usually exposed to when growing up Latino. You definitely don't hear it at quinceañeras, bautizos, or any type of parties. Like other peers my age, I downloaded songs from LimeWire. They had questionable audio quality and often had hilarious incorrect titles. I found dozens of musicians like The Ramones, Blondie, Patti Smith, and then Bikini Kill, Fugazi, The Descendants, X, and of course, The Bad Brains. Punk talked about the things that happened to me. That inspired me to write my first songs. I grabbed a guitar that I didn't know how to play and tried to imitate those bands, the few bands I had listened to. They sang about people who felt marginalized, and I felt like that. It wasn't like commercial music that only talked about love, dancing, or other happy sentiments. Punk gave Eduardo an outlet to make music about the injustices he saw. He found a family and others with similar life experiences. Those who were also raised by a single parent and had an interest in social justice. The music doesn't have any rules. If you make commercial music, you have to make sure it appeals to many people so it sells. We don't have that pressure. We can talk about whatever we want. I see young people starting to go to shows, and I want them to feel encouraged. I want them to grab a notebook and write what they want, and learn how to play the guitar. Eduardo was raised in a working-class neighborhood. His father was an addict who was not a part of his life. Part of what made him feel alienated was his Afro-Latinidad. He talked about being black in Puerto Rico versus being black in America. I listened to songs about how society treated people of color like me differently and how it's much harder for people like me to progress. I felt prejudice from people in Puerto Rico, but it was here where I truly learned prejudice. I saw people of color were treated unfairly. They were called names. I saw people, not only people of color, but people that were against the undocumented. And I had not seen that before. That night, I also met Marie who is now a lawyer and organized shows in Bushwick back in 2002. At first, Marie was embarrassed to disclose how long she had been a part of the New York City scene. She was one year shy of turning 40 and still knows Latinos who played punk in the area. Since I had just discovered the scene, I asked her what it was like 20 years ago. Back in the day, when I was in high school, I would have to go to Queens to go to an alternative show. There were people mm. of color there, but they were still white dominant, which is mm. why it was cool to be able to open up a space that was actually made by and created for people of color in this scene. Marie witnessed the genre of punk evolve into what it is now. 
back then, they were scarce because parties, and now they're everywhere. It, there's more places to go now, more genres that, that have been mixed. I don't know, like Mexican music or indigenous music or African music mixed with punk. It's beautiful, right? And the music that's come out is a mix of the cultures that make up New York City. And the punk cultures happen to be very colorful. I always felt dismayed by the lack of diversity in punk. And in some ways, that made it difficult for me to connect to the genre. Since there aren't that many people like me, Latinos or other marginalized folks. Gary is also a Latino punk show organizer and musician who moved from New York City to Philly a few years ago. He noticed this from the beginning of his career and is working to change it. He and his friends organized the Latino Punk Festival, which hosts monthly events with vendors, activities, and live music. For each event, they have a theme to celebrate Latino culture, whether it's Colombia, Ecuador, or Argentina. I've been in the punk rock scene for almost 20 years now, touring all around the world. And like bottom line, metal and punk is pretty much just a suburban white guy thing. Whether you're in South America, Central America, or in Europe, you're still unfortunately from the global perspective, kind of having to cater to those people, right? So like people always think, especially Latinos, they think, oh, well, we, we got to sing in English. Gary identifies as Ecuadorian from indigenous descent. He and his band members from Culebras combined their traditional music, such as cumbia folk and Afro-Latino, with punk to create their own blend. We just started it because there isn't a, a psychedelic punk cumbia band in Philly. We wanted to do our own version of not trying to be the most punk, but what we think is the most punk. Let's throw a Latin punk band with native dance and let's throw in like some radical queer sh- The spirit of what we're trying to do is not to see who's dressing in the most studded jackets. We're here to show you that we are the resistance. We as a people like would not be here without the fight and the struggle and that kind of radical punk spirit. Gary's indigenous background inspired him with the idea to quote-unquote decolonize punk. This is representative of a larger social movement taking place among Latinos who are reclaiming their cultural indigenous ancestry. I'm a Mexican undocumented immigrant with DACA. I have Nahua ancestry from my maternal grandparents. They were some of the few Nahuatl speakers left in our hometown. We talked about how we wanted to see more people like ourselves represented in the genre and at shows. Predominantly a white Anglo type of thing. It's important for us with Latin Punk Fest to remind folks that like at the end of the day, it's about anti-racism. It's about anti-capitalism. It's about anti-colonialism. These are all the same basic things that everybody's screaming about in the streets right now. The narrative that we are kind of taking the torch now and saying like here's what we want to see we want to see more women more trans more queer punk stuff like me sebastian is also undocumented he came here from mexico 22 years ago and has been a part of the latino punk scene in new york city for over 10 years I wanted to know what the scene was like when he started. Not having citizenship impacts every area of your life, your psyche, your way of living and thinking. 
I asked what role this played in his work. The songs are a form of protest, but they're based on my personal experiences, about things that can happen to every person, like losing a loved one, our brothers who die crossing the border, and things like that. We're lucky to be here, but there are many who don't make it across that border. Sebastián is a member of the band Asqueados. In Spanish, it means disgusted. They chose that name to describe how they felt about politics in America. He writes song lyrics and plays a guitar. The punk scene goes back years. There weren't Latino bands back then like there are today. There were few Latino bands, maybe two or three. Sebastián's experience deeply resonated with me. I could relate to Eurocentric punk when it spoke about larger themes of life, such as love and politics, but not when it came to experiences of Latino culture. Punk started as a way to express political concerns back in the 60s and 70s. For Latinos, immigration, assimilation, the struggle for democracy and indigenous rights are central topics that presently affect our communities. The topic of immigration is for those of us who left our home countries. We miss the families we left behind. Sebastian talked about punk being a form of protest against the injustices our communities face in Latin America and the United States. He worked long hours to be able to make a living. Here, life is back and forth between work and home. We love when the weekend comes because we can get together for band practice, to express what we feel and think musically. That's why we chose punk. It's a music genre with a lot of honesty. Speaking to all of these band members and attending these shows brought me closer to my community. I heard her stories represented in a way I had not heard before. I saw another side of punk I didn't know existed. I saw what punk could be if there was more diversity. The new genres of music that evolved and were created to reconcile our cultures within a historically Eurocentric space of music. Cartel, Demencia Alcolica, Asqueados, and others continue to carve a space for Latinos in punk. Don't get me wrong, past and current mainstream punk music is great. I just want to hear our cultures represented. So the next time a petite 15-year-old Latina is tiptoeing over the crowd to get a glimpse of her favorite band, I want her to see someone who looks like her, so she knows there is a space for her too. You can subscribe to the Pulse of Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you heard, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend to give us a listen. Have questions or story ideas to send our way? Send us an email to info at projectpulso.org. This episode was produced and written by Jessica Valderrama. Editorial oversight, guidance, and additional writing by Charlie Garcia. Audio engineering and mixing by Julian Blackmore and Charlie Garcia. Music clips from Culebras, Cartel, Asqueados, and La Milagrosa. Additional music composed by Julian Blackmore. Translation voiceover by Jackie Nowak and Charlie Garcia. Hey. 
Hey, Pulso fam. I want to tell you all about Atlas Lingue, a Studio Ochenta podcast about language, culture, and communication. Have you ever wondered what your cat is trying to tell you? Or how Disney Pixar writers craft stories that resonate across numerous languages? Atlas Lingue host Luis Lopez explores these topics and so much more. It's a show about the confusing, wonderful, and weird world of language, and this season, they're diving deep into the language of culture online. They're interviewing content creators from different countries who document their daily lives and cultural backgrounds on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. New episodes air every other Monday wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also watch all the interviews on their YouTube channel at 80 Podcasts.